You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss, alongside Ulysses Sembrano, and we're the host of the Locked on Race podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked on Race on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Race. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Race. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us, I think, this Saturday at 5 p.m. to get in on all of the action and discussion. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, it is a Wednesday, which means it's time for another Division Day crossover. And today we're joined by the host of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, AJ Andrews. AJ, thank you for joining us and doing this today. And I've just got to be upfront and open about this. I, I do apologize. I don't like to see any team go through a rash of injuries, but I'm sorry for what the Blue Jays are seemingly going through over the last week or two with one guy after another, George Springer, Robbie Ray, Craig Bishio, Kirby Yates, Nate Pearson. Like that, that seems to be the storyline as of late, I guess, right? You know, Kevin, I was so high on this team. Like I was going everywhere across the network being like, y'all aren't ready. Y'all aren't ready for the Blue Jays coming through and sweeping up the American League. And every time my caveat was like, if they stay healthy and so far since then, I don't know what, what canvas curse or whatever I've brought upon this team. But ever since then, it's like, okay, here's the daily injury report. And it's like three more people. And I'm starting to get really worried that I need to not like try and open any cans or anything unless I tear my rotator cuff. Like, right. Absolutely. And and that's kind of the question I've got is, you know, we're, we're hearing these reports, I guess maybe the most um, nerve wracking one. I mean, as far as knowing that this guy's going to be out as Kirby Yates, as he's, I guess, likely headed for Tommy John surgery, but some of these other ones, I mean, as of what I've read so far, it's not like as of right now, they're not going to miss a ton of time seemingly. So what is kind of your, your confidence level right now? Do you think these guys, I mean, that have hit the IL or, or might hit the IL that the, the blue Jays have enough on their 40 man to, to get through this, if it's a, a couple week lull or a month lull, I mean, where do you kind of stand with the team right now with, with all these like nicks and bruises popping up? <laughs> um, well, as I, as I said in the episode that dropped uh, last night, um, it's not as if this Kirby Yates news came as a big shock to the Blue Jays. And like, that's obviously the big one with Springer expected to miss a week and maybe he'll be ready for opening day. We hope. And Robbie Ray just expect, expected to miss his last spring start, which is fine. Robbie Ray's look great. I'm excited to see Robbie Ray, but yeah, when you, when we got the news of how, uh, 
Kirby Yates had already failed two physicals in the winter. Like it's why he didn't actually sign the deal with Atlanta that he had in place and why he had to take a heavily reworked deal with Toronto. Um, like this, this wasn't a foreign concept to the Blue Jays. They knew there was a high probability that Kirby Yates was not all right and was not going to be able to pitch for this team. They took the shot because they had the money to be able to take the shot and it did not work. He will likely be on the 60-day IL. The good news for that is that means they don't have to DFA anyone to add one of the relievers who's been really good this spring, um, like Tim Meza, who's had a great comeback from his own Tommy John surgery, as well as Francisco Liriano, who, okay, I had no idea Francisco Liriano still had anything in the tank, but I've been pretty happy with what he's been doing. So... Yeah, it does leave the Blue Jays thin on closing experience, but they used Jordan Romano and Rafael Delis in that role last year when Ken Giles was on the shelf. So again, not a foreign concept. The Blue Jays can weather this kind of injury. Um, and it will probably expedite um, Ross Atkins trying to work the trade market to get some other arms into the organization. How valuable those arms are going to be will remain to be seen i've been touting shane green he's still out there as a free agent i think he'd probably be amenable to like a a three to five million dollar deal so you know there are there are still plenty of options for the blue jays to the point where kirby yates going down to tommy john surgery isn't the deal breaker that it would be if it was another season where they put all their eggs in that basket This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Uh, Ulysses and I will be hosting rooms for Locked on Rays once a week, and that means you can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the uh, group for the latest league updates. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnRays, to be notified when the room goes live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing, I said, tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. We know you want some. So to get some, go to BuiltBar.com or check them out on Twitter at bar underscore built. And remember to use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, numerals 1-5, to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Again, it is the absolute best tasting protein bar on the market. Kind of speaking on arms in the Blue Jays' arms as of right now, I know that Nate Pearson is dealing with a groin issue and, but he's kind of the hotshot prospect or one of the many hotshot prospects for the blue Jays. And he actually has a big time local tie as he's from Odessa, Florida. He went to a local high school here. So there's a lot of 
um, probably a lot of people that are Tampa Bay Rays fans and followers that on the side, maybe more quietly are sort of rooting for Nate Pearson and his success and what he's been able to do locally through high school and growing up in youth ball. But um, what are the, the expectations for this guy? I mean, is he assuming he gets healthy? Is he kind of penciled in as the number two? I mean, are, are there expectations that we're going to need to rely on you heavily this year to get through 162? See, I don't, I don't think that's the case anymore. And I, I'm not sure that was ever going to be the case with Nate Pearson, given how he responded to his first taste of Major League Baseball last season. Um, he had a lot that he had to work through. He had a lot of adjustments to make at the Major League level. And the injuries obviously did not help. And, and being out with a groin strain obviously does not help. It means he's not going to be in the, you know, opening day rotation, but they are going to try and work them up. And I think the plan is just to keep his outing short, um, maybe five innings max, just to make sure he doesn't get burned out as he builds his arm strength back up. And you saw the Blue Jays kind of act as if that was going to be the strategy with some of their signings in the offseason. This is why they retained Ross Stripling. It's why Thomas Hatch was being stretched out. Anthony Kay was being stretched out. Tyler Chatwood was brought in as a guy who can go multiple innings. They have a lot of options to be able to make up that work if Pearson is going to be limited in his time starting with the team. Um, but obviously the important thing is to just make sure he's progressing at the same rate as some of the other Blue Jays youngsters and make sure that you know, he's on track to be the best pitcher he can be when this team is going for World Series rings. And, you know, 2021, it'd be nice, but it's not when the window's supposed to be open for this team. It's next year, it's 2023. So it's it's annoying because it means I have to see more Tanner Roark than I'd like, but it it's also understandable. And, like, I mean, you... You know how it is with these guys coming back from injury. I mean, you got four already on the 60-day IL, right? Yeah, it's just all – I mean, this year, AJ, it seems like – I mean, not just for the Rays and the Blue Jays, but every team. Like, you're just going to need to stockpile arms because it's it's going to be going from 60 to 162 like that. Like, I will not be surprised if they're – by the end of the year, it's kind of a, a game of attrition. Like, who, who do we have left on the depth chart that we can go out – and throw out there. But, um, you mentioned a lot of names there with, uh, you know, guys who can pitch in and, and fill in from there. Um, and you mentioned Robbie Ray actually in particular, and, and I know he's kind of had maybe a, a circuitous career and, and has had some ups and downs. I mean, he has pretty good stuff. I mean, are you pretty confident about what he can bring to the table this year? Yeah. I, um, when I did the crossover with Stacy. Um, both of us knew the key was going to be what they can get out of the veteran arms that they signed for the rotation. And, you know, Stacey's Yankees were banking on Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon being the answer there and coming back. Um, and the Blue Jays went a different route, uh, you know, re-signing Robbie Ray and trading for Steven Matz, which I think the Matz trade may end up being a masterstroke the way both him and Ray have looked in the spring. Like, um, like when I, when I pull up what Ray's done so far in the spring, like he's logged the most innings out of any Blue Jays so far, but 
you know, the big thing was going to be making sure his walks were down, making sure he was spotting the ball. And so far that hasn't been a problem. In 13 and two-thirds innings in spring, he struck out 18 batters and only walked five of them. That is a great ratio to see for a team that needs contributions behind Tianjin Ryu. And then Mats has been almost spotless in 10 innings. Um, he's only given up the one run, hasn't walked a batter, struck out 12, has a whip of 0.7. Like, these, these are the guys that the Blue Jays need to step up and, and make things easier for, for the younger pitchers who, who might have to come in. Like, for, for all the, the talk we've had of, like, Tanner Roark and Ross Stripling, a guy we haven't really met, seen or heard a lot from is Trent Thornton, who was injured in 2020 and didn't really get a chance to establish himself. Um, he's made the one appearance so far, two scoreless innings, struck out four. So if Thornton can come back, that's, that's another piece to insert into that puzzle that the Blue Jays have the option of working with as opposed to other years when it's like, well, we signed Tommy Malone to a minor league deal. We might as well put him in the rotation. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And oh, yeah, remember to use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. You know, AJ, the, the Blue Jays, it, it's so interesting because, I mean, I feel like living in Tampa right now in the Tampa Bay area, there's like sort of a close connection with Toronto right now. The, the Blue Jays are, are starting their season in Dunedin. Toronto is basically our adopted home team, the Toronto Raptors basketball team playing in Amelie Arena where the Lightning are playing. And, and that's kind of a, a cool factor there. But um, I just want to kind of get your gauge on what it's like knowing that the Blue Jays are going to open the season in Dunedin. And I'm not sure how long they're going to stay there, but is that something where like, is there some upsetness by the fan base of knowing that they won't be able to open the season in Toronto at the Rogers center at home and being able to, to catch games at least initially in 2021, or it's just like, okay, we realize this is still COVID situation going on and we just hope they make the best of a situation in Dunedin here. Okay. First of all, I'm mad at Tampa. <laughs> Y'all have all this winning going on. You have a lightning winning the cup and the Buccaneers or Patriots, whatever you're calling yourselves, winning the Super Bowl, all this winning, and you can't give any to the Raptors while they're there. Raptors I are, know. are tanking. They lost to Houston. That's unacceptable. Y'all hogging the winning for yourselves. Adopted. Come on. Can't, can't give the Raptors a freaking win against the Rockets. Um. Two, I may not be the best person to speak to this, given that even in normal times, I it's very hard for me to attend uh, Blue Jays games because I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is a 24-hour drive from Toronto. So it's it's like um, I I actually talked with uh, with another um, reporter about this and. 
you know, for, for those of us who are outside the main sphere of Toronto, it's not really any different from seeing them in Dunedin or in Buffalo. I actually like Buffalo because I really wanted Vladdy Jr. to just crank one so hard it decked a car going up the on-ramp on the highway. Like, that's, that's Little League stuff right there. I would love to see that. Um, but it does... Um, it does hinder the community a little bit in building that buzz. And this is supposed to be the most excitement the team has had since that 2016 season when faith was restored that the Blue Jays could be a competitive franchise. And it's been a bit muted because, yeah, they're going to be playing in Dunedin for the first month. And, and you know, as vaccinations start coming through, maybe there's a chance that they could be up in May or they could be up in June. But until we see those numbers up, we know there's not really going to be a chance for the Blue Jays to come up and do that. And it's going to be a little disappointing to have to see them from afar. I mean, Hyunjin Ryu still hasn't made his debut in the Rogers Center yet. And George Springer is going to have to wait as well. So it's tough to not have that kind of excitement level, knowing that you know, all these games are taking place on American soil. But in the end, I don't think it changes the fact that this is essentially Canada's team. And there's, there is still a level of excitement coast to coast on that front that, you know, the Blue Jays can actually step up and, you know, stick it to the Yankees and the White Sox and, you know, the Athletics whoever else you have challenging for the crown. Um, the Blue Jays are going to be competitive and the Blue Jays are going to eventually make their way back up here for a proper um, celebration of the team, a proper ovation for Hyunjin Ryu, a proper um, welcome to Robbie Ray and some of these other guys who have brought in. It's, it's going to be a long time coming but the explosion i'm hoping is going to be there when this team finally arrives up north of the border right absolutely and and one of the players you mentioned vlad guerrero and and referenced vlad guerrero jr and we all know about uh, he's kind of gone viral this offseason for dropping weight like crazy i think 42 pounds i mean he looks great he is in excellent shape and i've always wondered you know he I guess, started his career at third base, was moved to first. Some people thought he might, you know, even outgrow first base and be a DH. But, you know, kind of what is the status of him? Is uh, Do the Blue Jays plan to even, the, I mean, now that he's gotten himself in sh- such excellent condition that they're going to try to move him back to third or have him do a, a corner infield situation? Or are they strictly looking at, at him as, hey, bud, you're in great shape. Keep doing what you're doing. We're going to start you at first and work from there. And then off of that, I mean, what are kind of your expectations for him this season? I know that he's been, I don't want to say criticized, but one of the, the bugaboos, I guess, is the, I mean, he hits the ball just about as hard as, any, as anybody, but a lot of them are ground balls. And it's, there's been kind of an emphasis and a focus on elevating some of those pitches and, and getting more fly balls there. So just kind of what your, your expectations are for Vladdy this season. Um. First of all, I don't think third base is going to be primarily in Vladdy's plans. Like he may play over there in a shift sometimes if um, Charlie Montoyo gets creative with his pinch hitting situations or anything like that. Um, 
but Lottie's going to be primarily first base um, as, as far as I can see, which is good because he's definitely hitting like a first baseman right now. That's, that's been the major story of the spring besides the injuries. It's just Vladdy tearing the absolute cover off the ball. He's batting 500 in spring. He has five extra base hits already. He has double the amount of walks as he does strikeouts. He has an OPS of 1.396. That anytime you get that high, that's cause for celebration. And, you know, once Springer and Marcus Simeon were signed, it was almost thought, well, is Vladdy going to be a six, the six hitter, the seven hitter? How far down the lineup is he going to drop? I think he's asserted himself enough with his performance that it's it's not a drop for him anymore. It's going to be, well, is he going to bat third or fourth in the lineup? Which the way he's just lining shots, I would and and looking pretty good running the bases, I would actually consider hitting him third, um, and then maybe dropping Bo Bichette down in the lineup. Like I'm I'm going to be doing something uh, with this on Friday with the fans, just trying to get their perspective on where they want to see some of these guys in the batting order come Thursday when the season starts. But it is a luxury for the Blue Jays to have Vladdy just come in, look focused, look determined, and look like he wants to take out his frustrations on every pitch that's coming his way because we did not see that Vladdy in 2019. We did not see that Vladdy last year. Now we're seeing it. And if he's going to do that at will, it is going to make this lineup even more dangerous than we thought it could be. And with the injuries to the pitching staff, we're going to need it to be very dangerous. So anything that Vladdy wants to do to maintain this level of, of dialed in anger at the ball is only going to be beneficial for this team, especially when we got to play your Rays and, you know, Ryan Yarbrough's out there throwing that soft junk that no one on the team seems to be able to hit. I swear. Like, yeah, it's crazy because you you mentioned the, the pitching staff and the question marks with the blue Jays. And and I I've said this throughout the off season about this team that, you know, they, they could almost, darn near throw anybody out there because this lineup one through nine, it it might just be the strongest or one of the strongest, definitely in all of baseball. Like I don't see a weakness in the lineup really. And and you might just be scoring. I mean, it could be a lot of home runs, a lot of runs. You you could see a lot. I mean, almost football level scores um, with, with some of these things like just, you know, okay. Yeah. Our our pitcher gave up five, six earned runs, but we, we scored seven, eight or nine and and we'll be okay. And uh, that concerns me a little bit in the Rays playing the blue Jays, because it it always seems like whenever these two teams play each other, there's some, some weird occurrences, some weird happening, some, some weird comebacks. And I mean, it's it's fun at the end of the day, but also for some moments that, that make you want to pull your hair out and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, break your television at times, it, it gets to that level. And and I could very well see the same this season uh, when, when the Rays and Blue Jays match up for sure. And, um, you know, kind of tied in off of that, you know, I, there's so much talk about 
Craig Biggio or, or, or Kevin Biggio, man, uh, tells him, you can tell I'm getting old here. Oh my Get gosh. Get your mind out of the nineties. I know that I'm, I'm such a, such a nineties kid here. Uh, Guerrero Bichette. And I, you know, those names are also representative of the nineties. Um, and Bichette, especially locally, because he is from St. Petersburg. He went to Lakewood high school. And, uh, it seems like every time he goes to the trop, he just, I mean, that's basically his home ballpark. He's, he's going like three for five. He's, he's, stealing bases he's he's getting home runs like that's just like that's a great he's probably sleeping at his at his uh the the bed he grew up in but out of those three guys you know the big three the the guys that have gotten so much play over the years um at the end of the day do you have a sense or or an opinion on which one of those you think will have the best career either in a blue jays uniform or just when it's all said and done when we look back 15 years from now okay, this guy was better than the other two or vice versa. It should be Bichette. It should be. Um, whether or not the injuries um, that have been cropping up with him will eventually sap what he can do will be the question, but it should be Bichette. I'm going to say that it will be Vladdy just because he, if he can hit, he'll be able to stay as long as his dad did, and his dad was hitting the ball into his 40s. So... If Vladdy is, is angry and motivated, he's going to be able to do just that. So I'd have to say um, Vladdy Jr. Kevin's going to have an, a decent career. It's it's probably not going to be to the level of his dad. I'm I'm not expecting Kevin Biggio to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm very happy to be wrong on that. But out of those three, you still have to assume that Vladdy's going to have the best path. You know, AJ, one, another question I've got is uh, I, I'm kind of jealous and envious of the Blue Jays right now because I look at their 40-man roster and I see five catchers and I see five catchers who really, I mean, they, they all seem to have their own talent and potential and strengths from Riley Adams to Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, Reese McGuire, Gabriel Marino. Um, Who's getting the reps this year? How, how are they going to manage all this? I'm sure, you know, guys will be reassigned and so forth, but what does the, the catcher position look like as far as playing time this year goes for the Blue Jays? Um, if I had my way, and granted, I can sometimes be very, very greedy with what I want, but if I had my way, the majority of the catching starts in 2021 would be made by Alejandro Kirk because um, the main problem for the Blue Jays catching last year was it was an absolute pit on offense. Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire both had terrible seasons at the plate. You know, aside from that one game against you in the playoffs when Danny Jansen just decided, Hey, I'm just going to hit home runs now and y'all can deal. Um, but those days were far, were way too far and few between for Danny Jansen, um, for the Blue Jays' liking. And, you know, as you said, losing minor league seasons generally hurt prospects, but it didn't hurt Alejandro Kirk. He came up and immediately continued to hit like he was in single A. Um, I believe he had a 375 batting average last year in nine regular season games. That is an insane thing to be able to pull off at his age. I mean, the dude was born in 1998. He turned 22 in the offseason. Normally, you don't see catching prospects come up until they're like 25. And Kirk just comes in and, and instantly displays that spark that a lot of Blue Jays fans wanted to see. 
out of that position. And it looks like Blue Jays management is noticing as well. He's basically served as Robbie Ray's catcher the entire spring. He's been doing sessions with Hyunjin Ryu. They're giving him a lot of reps with the top tier starting pitchers of the Blue Jays. And that just speaks to how highly they think of him. Um, Danny Jansen's probably going to be on the team anyway, just as the established starter. Um, but we'll see how he does in, in the season. If he loses more and more playing time to Kirk, just because Kirk's bat is playing so much better than, than Danny Jansen's is. And, and Danny hasn't helped himself with this spring. He's batting 160. He's got the one home run, but four for 25 is not going to play especially if you're relying on your offense to carry you through games because you don't really know what you have out of your pitching staff. You think you like what you have out of your pitching staff, but you don't know. So you'd like as many runs as possible to give him that cushion. Um, Riley Adams has been kind of overlooked with the rise of Alejandro Kirk, but again, he's another guy who's asserting himself very well with his play this spring. And, you know, the, the general consensus when the Blue Jays added both him and Gabriel Moreno to the 40-man roster is, okay, one of these guys is getting traded at some point. And it looks like that's going to be Reese McGuire, who's out of options, has been passed by Kirk. Um, yeah, he's a great defensive catcher, but same problem as Danny. Cannot hit. I mean, he's had a... He's had uh, a little bit of resurgence to bring his average up above 200, but that's still not good enough to to justify his spot over Kirk. And the Blue Jays do have a little bit of flexibility. They can send Kirk to AAA if they want to start the season. I wouldn't do that because, um, A, AAA season's delayed by a month, and, B, I want to win games. And Alejandro Kirk right now gives you the best chance to win games. He's not hurting you behind the plate. Robbie Ray has been nothing but complimentary of, of him saying he's been mature beyond his years with how he calls a game. So I'm more than happy to put Kirk there. And I would actually make Kirk a sleeper rookie of the year pick. Cause if he gets off to a heart, a hot start behind the plate, he's going to continue getting a lot of attention and that's going to bolster him in that race. So, you know, I, I, I think McGuire is, is the odd man out. I think he's either going to be traded to a team that can use a backup catcher or he'll be DFA'd and expected to start the season in Buffalo. But it's, it's all Kirk for me. Like he, I, I know you're jealous of it because you're, you're relying on Mike Zunino and Francisco Mejia to get you through the season. And teams have, risen and died on the shores of waiting for Francisco Mejia to produce. So I wish you the best of luck. AJ, I can't, I'm so jealous right now. I am so jealous right now of what you have and the depth that you have there specifically with Alejandro Kirk, just the fact of his body type and the fact that he like, this is a elite professional athlete, a catcher who is, I guess, listed at five, eight, two sixty five, or thereabouts. He's our large adult son. Everyone's large adult son. Yeah. And he's only what, like 21 years old. He doesn't strike out. He walks a ton. He hits the ball. Like I am just, I, I I've as a raise follower for so many years now, I'm just resigned to the fact that yes, I understand the importance of having an adept defensive catcher behind the plate and a game caller, a guy that can throw out base runners and block pitches and, 
manage the game and so forth. But it'd also be nice to have a guy that, uh, or have multiple guys that, you know, don't hit 190 and strike out 35 or 40% of the time. Okay, that wraps up part one of our discussion with AJ Andrews from the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast. Part two will be dropping tomorrow. Um, as a reminder, tell your smart device to play not just the Lockdown Rays podcast, but also the Lockdown Today podcast. That's another great podcast you should check out in the meantime. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.